This is episode number 11. Pull out your snowshoes for Fulufielet National Park. Welcome to the National Park Trippers podcast. I'm your host, Maureen. Each episode, we explore a new national park and welcome a national park enthusiast to share their knowledge about a specific national park around the world. Join us as we head out into the great outdoors for exclusive tips, recommendations, planning strategies, and off-the-path nuggets that will have you and your family getting out and exploring more as national park trippers. In today's episode, we welcome our Erica, who will be sharing information about Filufielet National Park in Sweden, and hopefully I just didn't butcher that. Erica and her family are adventure travelers who live in Sweden as expats and are originally Hungarians from Transylvania. They document all their travels on their Instagram page at Globetrotter Family. And welcome to National Trippers, Erica, and thank you for joining us today. Let's start out. Could you share a little bit more about your family, about your family travels, and what led you to explore national parks in Sweden? Uh, first of all, hello everyone. Thank you for being here. I'm happy uh, and I'm looking forward to sharing my family's adventures. Uh, we have always been an adventurous family long before we've got our son, who is four years old now. Our favorite activities have always been hiking in the mountains, walking in forests, chasing waterfalls and other nice views that nature has to offer. Uh, of course, we try to pass on uh, this passion to our four-year-old son and we hope to inspire others as well. Uh, we live in southern Sweden, as you mentioned before. Uh, nature is great in Sweden. We are surrounded by woods and lakes, beaches and sea, which means we don't need to travel far to explore nature. Uh, still, I have always um, felt the desire to visit larger untouched areas which are far from civilization where I can experience nature and show our son a different landscape and ways to protect nature for future generations as well. That's so amazing. And I can only imagine in Sweden what you have around you. Like, it's just incredible the nature that you guys are surrounded by. So I'm sure you have a lot of opportunities. Um, so can you tell us how it works a little bit with the national parks in Sweden? For example, what's the price? Do you have to pay? Do you have to register? What's a typical visit for you guys? How does it work? Uh, I want to tell you first a little bit about uh, the national parks in Sweden. Right. There are uh, 4,000 na nature reserves and 30 national parks so far. And a fun fact, Sweden was the first European country to establish national parks in 1909. Uh, in Sweden, there is a quite unique right. Uh, it is called the right of public access, which allows you to roam freely in the countryside with the responsibility to take care of nature and wildlife and to show consideration for landowners and of course for other people who are enjoying the countryside. This right does not fully apply to national parks but it's a good guideline and because of uh, partly because of this right you don't need to register to visit or to pay anywhere in Sweden so it's totally free. 
Wow. That's incredible. And I've heard other countries that are free. I'm just not used to it. You know, in the US you pay, here in Israel you pay. So as I'm doing more interviews, I'm learning these free places and I'm just thinking, wow, amazing. That's incredible that you have all of that at your fingertips and it's free. And the fact that there are 4,000 nature reserves, I mean, wow, that's just, that's insane. It's just crazy. Um, so let's get into now. Here we go. I'll try to say it again. <laughs> uh, say it for me. Feu le fielet. Feu le fielet. Yes, I need the accent. Feu le fielet. Um, where is Feu le fielet located? Uh, Feu le fielet is located in the west of Sweden next to the Norwegian border. Uh, there is actually uh, another uh, na national park on the Norwegian side of the border, also called Fylifjellet. Okay, it's the same park or it's uh, two different parks? Yes. It just extends it, to... Same. Yes, it's, uh, it's an extension of the same park. Wow. And so I was actually looking on Google Maps before our interview, trying to see where it was. So it looks like it's about a five and a half hour drive from Stockholm. Yeah, we have some internet issues. So here's, a, this is the thing about, about the podcast. You're in Sweden, I'm in Israel. So if we have a little bit of internet issues, this is the COVID life, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. So how has it been, speaking of COVID, how has it been with COVID in Sweden? Uh, actually, we didn't feel uh, too many changes in our lives. The schools uh, went on with regular uh, uh, schedule uh, until January this year. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, I mean not all the schools. <laughs> I'm a teacher, and <laughs> I work in uh, I work in um, secondary school or junior high. I don't know. Okay, uh, I right. teach uh, ages between 12 and 16. Yes. Uh, so they, they went to school uh, the whole year last year, but not uh, high school pupils. They had uh, online education. But um, this January, even uh, those ages I teach uh, went uh, to online education. Uh, but we went back to school again now after Easter because uh, our government uh, considered that uh, it doesn't have so many good or positive effects to have an online education. Right. It's better to be back. So for the national parks, though, were they open the entire time or did yes. they close? Yeah. Since uh, it's always free to enter, right, and uh, <laughs> you don't need to register, they were open, but the visitor center they were closed. Okay, okay, or awesome. at least in in Fulufjellet. In Fulufjellet, this is my new favorite word, <laughs> Fulufjellet. Yeah. Um, so let's get into the logistics of your trip. How do you go about planning a trip? Um, to the park? Is it a day trip? Do you tend to stay overnight? Um, what, how do you usually go about, what resources do you use planning your trip? Um, 
I always plan in advance, not all the details, but I like to make a list of what to see, what is worth to visit. And I have read before about Sweden's highest waterfall and the oldest tree in the world, which both are in Fulufjellet National Park. So it was quite obvious that we have to uh, see them. So we went on a road trip to northern Sweden, and this is one of the stops we made. Um, and uh, we have actually spent two nights there because I wanted to have a whole day for the hike to visit uh, the waterfall, which uh, I will tell you later about. Okay, awesome. More about later, yes. And uh, the um, information, the Swedish Environmental Protection Agency has created the website. Uh, it's a, a fantastic website where they publish information about all of Sweden's national parks. So I have found almost all necessary information there. And since we visited the national park during winter time, I was a bit worried. So I have Googled a lot about conditions of the trails during winter and how if there were other people who hiked there with kids. Uh, so I have checked blog posts and uh, Instagram posts uh, to get inspired. Awesome. Uh, so, um, so for a family yeah. coming, let's say out of out of country, like a family's coming into visiting, they can pretty much get all the information they need on the the website for the national parks, basically. Yes, and and uh, it is uh, written in both Swedish, English, and German. Perfect. So uh, you nice. find information in yeah three of or two <laughs> of uh, the main languages spoken in the world or in Europe. Right. We have many German tourists in Sweden. That's why they... Okay, uh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So you talked about going in the winter. So let's dive into when yes. is the best time, because I can tell you, I don't think I would make it in winter in Sweden, <laughs> coming from the desert. But when would you say mm -hmm. is a good time to visit? let Let's just start with summer. If someone's going to come in the summer, uh, what what are the average temperatures? What's the average weather like in the summer? Uh, do you mean in the park or in the uh, whole Sweden? Well, in the park, but in general, in Sweden in general. I, I mean, would, would it be a big difference? If you are lucky and yeah. uh, there is a good summer, which we don't have every year, Sometimes we only have two days of summer, <laughs> <laughs> but um, July, I would say, is the best month to come to Sweden. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the temperatures uh, during daytime, if you are lucky, they might be as warm as 30 degrees Celsius. Oh, uh, I don't that's know. Warm. Uh, yeah, that's, it is. Yeah, that's great. And uh, and the sea, where, uh, at least where we live on the west coast, sometimes can be 22, 23 degrees. So it's uh, totally okay. So yeah, I would say, so for our Fahrenheit um, US listeners, it's like 70s, 80s. That, yes, that. yes, yes. Mm. Nice, nice and, for uh, <laughs> pleasant weather. <laughs> yeah. 
And um, I have checked actually on uh, this website, uh, the website of the park, that they also recommend to visit in July and August if you prefer warm weather, because you can uh, take a swim in the lakes in the park. I guess you have to be a Swede to do that because <laughs> they are really crazy. They go swimming even in wintertime. <laughs> I, I, <would, laughs> I was just thinking that even if the weather is 30 degrees and knowing that those lakes are probably frozen, you know, most of the year, I don't think I would be getting in those lakes, but you know, some people love that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so for winter, how does the winter look then? Uh, when we were there, uh, there was a lot of snow, which was amazing because we didn't have it here where we live. We live in the southern part of Sweden and also on the west coast. So all, most of the time we have rain, <laughs> no, not much snow. So I was really happy to uh, see that much snow. The trails uh, were okay. Uh, you could walk on them. There were several people before us, I guess. <laughs> uh, and um, it was really, really cold uh, that day we were there. There were minus 22 degrees. Celsius, mind you, minus yes. 22 Celsius. Yeah, that's yes. really cold. Well, I remember your all your pictures and videos on Instagram. And I had to say, like, I, I grew up in the snow, actually. I grew up in a cold, in Michigan, in the cold. But, you know, I don't really miss it. <laughs> I've lived in the warm for long, but it's so beautiful. Your pictures were amazing. They were gorgeous. And I just thought to myself, wow, I could, looking at the pictures, I could see myself there. But then I thought, wow, that's really cold. <laughs> but it was gorgeous. My goodness. So for people who love the winter and who love the snow, I mean, this is like a must-see. It's a, it's a must-do place to go because it was amazing. Your pictures yes. and your videos were incredible. Thank you. Really amazing. <laughs> and speaking of um, winter and snow, so let's jump into interesting points, interesting points inside the park because you mentioned a few already with the waterfall. Um, it's mind-blowing that it has, you said, the oldest tree in the world. Can you tell us a little bit more about those? Yes, um, the oldest tree in the world. I have also uh, read about it before we went there, and I, I was a bit skeptical. But I have made uh, some research, and uh, I have found that uh, some researchers examined the tree line in the mountains some years ago, and they have discovered that there is a spruce yeah, spruce, pine spruce, yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, a pine spruce that is 9,565 years old. That's insane. That's amazing. And uh, they have found some genes, I guess, uh, and that's how they have uh, uh, conducted this theory. Right. And wow. they say that spruces can reproduce by growing new roots from the branches so the whole tree is not 9565 years old but some branches and roots are okay interesting though wow yes mm -hmm. and uh, also has the highest waterfall you said yes uh, it is 93 meters high and it's really amazing uh, view uh, and uh, I have only seen pictures of it, how it looks like in the summer, 
but I think it was even more amazing in the winter with all the frozen uh, waters. And yeah, it was, it's really hard to find words to describe it. Yeah. Uh, the ice was, uh, it had different colors from white to blue and uh, all the snow around it. So it really was an amazing view. Now, does it completely freeze over or is there always water flowing? No, only the upper part of it and the water is flowing behind the ice. So it's a very, very interesting view. Yeah, I can only imagine how beautiful that would look. Incredible. And so you were there, you said you went with your family. Um, Let's talk a little bit about being a uh, family friendly park. Would yeah. you say that for the most part, because you had your your um, your four law four year old with you, so were there areas in the park that you wouldn't go as a family, um, or what, is it pretty much family friendly for the most part? Uh, the park is not very big. It's not the biggest park in Sweden, mm-hmm. but it's not small either. And we only wanted to go to this uh, waterfall. And uh, the trail there uh, is uh, around four kilometers. I don't really know how much that is in miles. You probably That's know a, better. I don't know either. <laughs> maybe, maybe th- I, I guess it's three miles probably or something like that. Honestly, I, I need to, I'll have to do my research on that. I'm like already <laughs> completely acclimated to kilometers that I've forgotten all my miles. Yeah, so we have chosen that trail and there is another one which is around five kilometers. So those two trails, I would say, uh, are family friendly. And uh, there are other trails that are 15, 18, 20 kilometers. So they are really for uh, adults or people who like hiking and spending the night in the park and so on. But um, yes, we were there with our four-year-old. And uh, it was a challenge, (laughs) not only because of the cold. And he wanted to give up several times. so we had to uh, offer him a lot of snacks and uh, tell him that, oh, it's not very far. We just need to go a little bit more. But uh, it's quite flat, so you don't need to walk up on steep hills. Uh, so it's an easy hike for older kids and adults. Uh, and um, yeah. So you kind of just answered my next question. I was going to ask you about hiking. Um, awesome. Do you have any other, what, what hiking gear do you, do you have hiking gear that you would recommend, especially for young kids? What, what do you guys usually hike in or just regular, do you have special brands that you use? Yeah. No, we, we are uh, quite beginners. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, hiking as a family, uh, so we really need to, uh, think a bit more about, uh, gears, actually winter gears, <laughs> because, uh, it was very, very cold. So you really have to have good shoes, winter shoes and winter clothing. If you visit the park in the winter. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're not really like, we like to hike, but we're not really, we've never been a hiking family per se. We just started, like you said, hiking a little bit. So we also, you know, we wore tennis shoes, <laughs> just some regular, you know, stretchy pants or whatever, but, um, it, are there any hiking tips you have for other families with kids? I know you said that the warm clothes, it's like perfect tip, anything else, food, snacks, especially with little kids. Yes, you have to have a lot of snacks with you. <laughs> we didn't bring any food because we consider that uh, it's not, uh, the trail is only four kilometers or only <laughs> for us yeah. maybe. So we have eaten before we went there and we had a lot of snacks with us and then uh, we could eat again when we were back uh, at our uh, house where we lived. So. Right. So it's not like we, are, a, we weren't really prepared for that part. So. Are there hikes in the park that let's say if you are a very adventurous hiker, uh, like an extreme hiker, are there hikes that are more um, strenuous for for other hikers or is it pretty basic hikes? Uh, I actually don't know how difficult the hikes are, but since I have read uh, all over the internet and on their website that is quite flat all around, there is, I have read there is one place behind the waterfall that is a bit more steep. It's more like a climbing part, okay. but uh, there are 140 kilometers of marked trails all around the park. And uh, there are also cabins where you can stay overnight. It's very simple ones. Uh, but, uh, and also there are trails that are, are accessible with strollers and wheelchairs. So I guess uh, oh, it perfect. works for everyone. Right. So it doesn't matter if you're old or young or yeah. a, a, a real hiker or just a beginner. Awesome. So here's an update. I just <laughs> looked four kilometers is two about 2.5 miles. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there we go. I had to Google that. I feel yeah. like a really <laughs> pathetic American right now, but next time I'll be more prepared. Um, what about wildlife in the park? What kind of animals can you not expect, but might you see? Um, we haven't seen any animals okay. <laughs> because it was too cold and uh, everything was covered by snow. Mm -hmm. But uh, according to the website, there are traces of uh, elks and bear and wolf and lynx, um, even lemmings. And... Um, at the rock wall by the waterfall, the world's largest falcon uh, has bred on a number of occasions. So they are really proud of this. Oh. And uh, there are a lot of birds. So bird watchers come there and uh, watch the birds like uh, owls, eagles, uh, and so on. And also a lot of fish, salmon right. trout, for example. Yeah, I can imagine in, in the winter, most of the animals there could be hibernating. So yes. maybe in the summer, you might see a little bit more, but it's kind of amazing that you do have bear and elk and wolf there, mm -hmm. kind of like uh, the U.S. and the northern U.S. areas. Yes, I think it's very similar to that part. Yes. Very cool. I, I'm, I'm also discovering that 
bird bird um, photography and bird watching in the national parks is quite a huge thing. <laughs> like the more that I'm looking into it, there's so many people who just love love bird watching and going to parks just for the birds, which is if if you have the the falcon there, that can be a huge mm-hmm. a huge point for people to go see. I mean, to go see a, yes. a falcon. Um, you talked about the lodging. What other types of a cop- can you park in the? I mean, can you camp in the park? Let's say you don't want to stay in the in the cabins that you mentioned. Is there actual camping, like tent camping? I don't think it's a camping, but probably wild camping. Okay, uh, is is allowed? I know that this right that I have mentioned before, this mm-hmm. public access right gives you the right to put up a tent for one night uh, all over Sweden but I don't really know about the rules in the park actually I haven't checked uh, up camping because uh, it wasn't really actual for us in winter time right I mean you have to be an extreme camper to (laughs) be staying in a tent (laughs) in the winter Mm. Um, so you said you stayed in a cabin when you were there or right. You stayed in a cabin. What kind of lodging did you stay in when you no, were there? No, we stayed in a, we stayed in a hostel. Ah, okay. Um, hostel, yeah. Yes. There, there is a very special, uh, type of accommodation for Sweden, uh, you translate it to hostel in English, but in the Swedish name is Vandrarhem. And if you translate it literally, it is called uh, the Wanderer's Home. Wow. So uh, it, they are quite simple accommodations with okay. several rooms, or maybe there are, they have uh, usually kitchen, living room, showers, and sauna is very typical for northern countries. Yes, the sauna. Let's talk yeah. about the sauna. Do you sauna every day? No, <laughs> we don't have one. But, so I know but there in, are many saunas. Yes, in Finland, I have friends who live in Finland and they talk about sauna. You know, they go sauna every evening. They go to the sauna. It's like part of their lifestyle. <laughs> yes, uh, sauna is also very popular in Sweden. Mm-hmm. For example, every school has saunas or um, uh, larger uh, sport arenas, for example, or uh, hotels and even houses. I mean, if you own your own uh, house, right. uh, then many of them uh, have a sauna. Wow. And it was perfect for us after a day outside in the minus 20 degrees oh, uh, my gosh. to enjoy a sauna. Yeah, of course. Mm. Jump in there, <laughs> yes. get some heat, warm yourself up. Yeah. So what was your number one do not miss moment about your experience at the park? Uh, definitely the waterfall because uh, that's why we went there and it was amazing so I uh, I was very very 
pleased and satisfied that we made it there, that our son made it there, <laughs> so we could uh, we could see it. And uh, now I would love to go back in the summer, of course, <laughs> to uh, see how it looks like in the summer. Yeah, I'd love to join you in the summer <laughs> experience in the summer as well. What yeah. I would love if you could share a favorite story that you have from your time. Yes, I have one. Uh, yeah, now I can laugh at it, but it wasn't that funny when we were there. Uh I told you it was very, very cold mm -hmm. and we thought we had enough warm clothing and warm shoes for the hike. But as soon as we arrived at the waterfall, uh, there was an icy cold wind uh, that started to blow. And our son, he just started to cry and told us that he was freezing and he, he just didn't stop. Aww. He cried and cried and we couldn't comfort him. And he just told us, I want to go home. Aww. I want to go home. <laughs> So we turned back and after 500 meters um, at a mountain hut uh, where somebody started a fire, we could stop and warm ourselves. There are mountain huts, several huts in the park for people who are out there hiking. Uh, and we took off his shoes and realized that his feet were ice cold. Uh, and thanks to the fire, we could warm his feet so he calmed down and uh, he could gather his strength to be able to walk back uh, at, to the entrance. And of course, we gave him a lot of snacks <laughs> on our <laughs> way back. So we, he was quite happy after the hike. And uh, the funniest part is that uh, for several weeks after we got back home, he wanted to play hiking to the waterfall. <laughs> and then I had to pretend that I was the kid and he was my dad and he uh, tried to comfort me and give me snacks. <laughs> so he thought a lot about this afterwards and I think he tried to process this hike. <laughs> wow, he's a trooper. He is really a National Park trooper, like I can't imagine. And he has this memory and now, you know, he's like thinking about how it was and then projecting, it's so cute, I love it. Yes, yes. Um, wonderful. So is there anything else that we might have missed that you would like to discuss anything that we should know specifically about um, the park or it just in Sweden in general, any tips, any special thing you'd like to leave us with? information yes i i uh, hope that uh, you uh, all of you can come to sweden once because we have wonderful nature and as i told you in the beginning uh, there are several thousands of nature reserves if you uh, cannot make it to a national park so you have nature all uh, over sweden and i'm uh, I'm actually really happy that uh, we could make it to this national park and that I could see this uh, waterfall. And I now can even say that uh, you shouldn't be afraid to visit national parks during winter time or go hiking during winter time. Okay, this is was this was my first winter hike, <laughs> but hopefully not the last. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it was actually relatively easy to hike, even with a young kid. And 
Yes, uh, you, you find a lot of uh, detailed information available on the internet. Also at the visitor center, okay, it wasn't open now because of the COVID, but uh, hopefully it will open soon. So uh, wherever you go in Sweden, you find a lot of information everywhere and uh, everything is available in English too. And all Swedish people speak English. <laughs> so it's a very oh. safe country to come to and... Uh, even to travel around or go hiking. I definitely think Sweden is such like a highly sought out, sought out country to visit and especially for nature lovers. I feel like there's, you guys are so nature conscious and not just preserving the parks, but you know, every aspect in life, like you have this wellness that you, you live by and it's so attractive and I, and I love it. And I really think that Sweden should be on everyone's list. It's definitely on my list. I haven't been there, but I would love to go. I'd love to go to the national parks and explore your country. It's sounds beautiful. Your pictures are amazing. So everyone go to her Instagram. I'll put links in the, in the, in the podcast for her Instagram. You can go check it out. Um, and thank you. Your information is so valuable. I thank you for being willing to come and talk and share your, share your knowledge about the park and your stories. And it's been a great time. I appreciate, I appreciate your time. And I really thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. And as I said, we'll put all the links at the bottom. And so go check her out. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button on our National Park Trippers podcast so you won't miss an episode. And also follow us on Instagram and join our Facebook group for the latest National Park news.